Tonight we're still on and still wrapped up in our series, No More Fear. Come on. No More Fear. We've been on this thing for a long time. Yeah. Amen? <clears throat> but we do. We, we all need it. And, um, and the next series sometime, that will start sometime in September, the next series that we're doing on Wednesday nights is a series just regarding the person of the Holy Spirit. And, and actually, what we've been talking about in this series, really just, it, it, it's going to be really easy to dive right into what we're talking about concerning the Holy Spirit. Because the only way to overcome and to be victorious where fear of any kind is concerned, is through the Spirit of God. Right. Amen? And we have to know the Spirit of God personally. We have to have relationship with God through, this, through the person of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God is not an it. It's not a thing. It's not some, you know, fairy tale. It's not, you know, some good um, Disney pixie dust kind of idea or theory, you know, it's the Spirit of God is a person. That's right. He's a he. He's a person. Um, the Bible calls him he, the Holy Spirit. He addresses him as he, the Bible does, time and time and time and time again. And so tonight we're going to read two or three of our, um, of our main texts that we've been talking about starting with Psalm 34.4. And, and then we're going to look at, actually, a whole chapter tonight in the Bible. We're going to go through the whole chapter after we look at three other verses of Scripture. Um, Psalm 34.4, David said, I sought the Lord, and the Lord heard me in my seeking after him, and he delivered me from all of my fears. Not just some of them, but all of them. Um, as we've said this throughout, throughout this series, um, fear is something that most people think you need a little of. That it's healthy to have a little fear. Um, it's healthy to fear God, but that type of fear is not tormenting fear. That's, right. That's reverential fear. Yeah. right? And, and that is really healthy. Other than that, no fear. When, 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 he, when David sought the Lord and David knew that he heard him, what happened in that process of his seeking and developing stronger and deeper relationship with him is that he was delivered of all fear. He didn't keep a little, he didn't cope with some, and he didn't try to overcome. No, he was delivered of all fear because of his relationship with God. That, and, and we've made that point, and I just continue to make that point as we, as we transition out of this series into the series on the Holy Spirit, I just really encourage you to go back and listen to these messages. I think, I think the first message we taught on this was back in April. I think it was April the 8th was the first message or something like that. So we've been on this series for a long time, and it's important. And, and I mean, the testimonials of people that have been coming to this 
and what God's been doing in your life as a result, or people that I know that have been that have downloaded these off the website or just listened to them off the website, what it's doing in, in people that I know that are doing something with it is liberating their lives. Because it does. Because that's what the Word does. And the way I believe that we presented this is in such a way that you can break this down and make it your own. Yeah. Amen? To where fear has no dominion over your life. David sought the Lord, so do I. When I seek the Lord, when I'm in the presence of God, when I'm in, a, in my daily routine of worshiping and thanking God, confessing his word, you know, being aware of who he says, not only that he is, but who I am in him, in the midst of that, man, there's no fear, you know. And I just tell you this, I can't speak and confess the word enough day to day. I mean, I just can't. It's like we need an extra 24 hours a day to speak the word. Amen? So, so I, wanna, I, I petition to start making days 48 hours. Amen? So what's that? That's, that'd be uh, 288 hours a week instead of 144. Is that right? Am I right? So it'd be 288 hours a week instead of 144. And so we, can, so we can confess the word 24 hours and then do our work the other 24. Anyway, I don't know what I've had any make sense. Anyway, so <clears throat> we just need, the more we do it, the more we see God in our day-to-day walk and the more we're delivered of fear, of all fear. Can you say amen? Other verse of scripture I wanted to look at just to remind you of, was uh, John 14, 27. And this is Jesus uh, making this statement. Peace I leave with you. He said, Jesus said, my, my peace, his peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. In other words, not the conditional peace that the world talks about. He said, I'm giving you my peace. Now watch what happens. So, Jesus is saying, I give you my peace, and this is what happens. Now, with my peace, you are empowered to not let your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Who's, who is the understood subject right there whose responsibility it is to make sure you're not troubled and not in fear? It's mine, Right? My responsibility to make sure I'm not in fear. But how? In my own ability? Absolutely not. From his peace. From the peace of God that he's given me, that he's empowered me with, I have the ability to not be troubled and to not be afraid. Or he wouldn't have said it. My peace I give to you. Now, do not let your heart be troubled, neither allow it to be afraid. Do not be afraid of anything. Does that mean fear doesn't come? No. The night that I talked to you, several times I talked to you, I mean, fear comes at you. I mean, it's constantly at you, right in your face. Right? I mean, it comes at you, and then it wants to get on you. Right? I mean, it wants to get on you. I mean, and, but, but like that. Not just, not just a little pad or something. You know, I mean, it like wants to get on you. But we don't have to let it get in us. Huh? Something gets on me like that, gets right in my face and tries to tell me, what, what, what's it after? Because it's going to go right in line with what we're looking at tonight. What's it after? Trying to convince me 
trying to convince me that what I see and how I feel and the things that are coming at me are more real than what God promised. And if he can talk you out of that, then he's got you. Then that fear that's in your face and trying to get on you, not only will stay right there, but it'll get in you. But he said, I've given you my peace and empowered you to be able to not be troubled and to not be afraid. Can you say amen? Galatians 3.29. If you are Christ's, are you? How many are born again tonight? If you're born again, okay, I'm just talking about just if you're born again. I'm not talking about if you've walked it out perfectly, if you've, done all, if you've been saved for 45 years and you've, been, you've worked it out. Some of you haven't even been born 45 years, right? So, I mean, it doesn't matter how long you've been saved. If you're saved, if you're Christ, then are you Abraham's seed and you are heirs according to the promise. The promise of the Spirit, but through the Spirit, you're heirs to every promise in His Word. I mean, if we, if we took the rest of the evening and everybody talked about different promises that they know in the Word that, that are rightfully theirs, that belong to them, we could spend all night just talking about the promises of God. I'm an heir to every one of them, right? Dale may mention one, and, and he may say, healing. Well, I'm an heir to that. He said it, but I'm an heir because he said I am. David sought the Lord, and in his seeking of the Lord, he believed God heard him. So that means David was really developing a relationship with him. And in that relationship, David realized fear couldn't remain. And when I'm developing a relationship with God and I'm realizing the peace, the power that peace has to overcome, the peace of God, the Bible says the chastisement of my peace was on Jesus. What the heck does that mean? All the disruptions of life, all the fear attacks, everything, the the moment fear gets in your face... And it's coming after you to try to convince you that God, that the, that the, the circumstance, the fear is more real than God's promise. In that moment, you have the ability to shut it down, settle down because of the peace that was paid for for you at Calvary. He did it all. It's already done. Now I have the power and the ability to not be troubled and not be afraid. If you're Christ. You're Abraham's seed, your heirs to every single promise in the Word of God. They're mine. I do not have to be afraid ever again. And I'm, I, I'm, I'm saying this to you tonight. I've been saying it for weeks and weeks. And I, I, I'm telling you, do not let this just be another series. Make sure that you spend time going over these messages and, and downloading them inside of you every single day making sure that you do that. Do not let fear grip and trouble your life because we don't have to to be afraid. He's already paid the price for that. Can you say amen? Amen. So the rest of next 30 minutes or so, we're going to just look at Romans chapter 8. And I'm going to read some of it in the New King James. I'm going to read some of it in the message. 
Romans chapter 8 and verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Now, the word flesh there is just in its simplest form of translation in the Greek, that word flesh is, is carnal. It's, it's carnality. It's the, it's, it's, and, and it's not necessarily, when, when he's talking about flesh or the carnal, the carnal part is not necessarily bad. What's bad is being led by it. See, the carnal part, your five physical senses... You need those to operate on planet earth. They're not bad in themselves. We just can't be led by them. We have to, in essence, be led by the sense realm of the Holy Spirit. He's a person, but he operates in a different realm. So carnal is not bad if you utilize carnal and you're able to discern what in the natural is right and not right. Now, one of the things that we as, well, I'll just say Americans because I'm an American. I'm a Texan. But as Americans, we're very competitive people, right? Uh, there's a game called Monopoly. And uh, I, have a, I have a real bad track record of being a really bad loser at that game <laughs> through the years. All my family members know about it, you know, and I've gotten a lot better today because I've renewed my mind, you know, and so, you know, I still think the same thoughts. I just keep my mouth shut now, you know, when, when, I, when, I, when we play the game. But um, uh, the competition in that game is, is just, whew, man, I mean, you're after getting all the, getting all the houses and then, I mean, you know, watching somebody land on yours and you got you got a hotel on that and and it may be park avenue that you own and man they owe you some bucks man and you're able not only to clear them out but you're able to they have to mortgage everything they have and i mean you've got them belly up <clears throat> you got them right where you want them you're gonna win the game huh and you know that's a game but a lot of people in this country christians and non-christians alike are like that in real life, you know, and a lot of that, and I've had, to, I've had to dial it down just a tad in that game of Monopoly, realizing, you know, it's a game, but you know what, if you act like that in a game, what are you going to do in other things you do? Right. At least that's what I heard. Um, but the carnality that people are led by in their attitudes are what keeps so many things stirred up, not only in their own lives, but they're helping to stir that up in other people's lives. Now, now watch what he says here. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ when they play Monopoly if they don't walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit, or whatever game in life that you're dealing with. So the rest of tonight, the next few minutes, we're not going to be able to touch on it very long, but, 
but it's, it's, it's preparing us for what we're going to step into as we're talking about the Spirit, about being led by the Spirit. Now, everything that we're going to read here in the next few minutes concerning carnal, I want you to think about what we've taught over the last however many months, months concerning fear. Because fear is in the carnal realm. It's in the seen realm. It, 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 it is, it is um, activated, and, it, and, it's, and, and there's a, a, a fire that's lit under the spirit of fear constantly through what people see, how they feel, their emotions, how they react. Fear is, is it, it continues, and, it ha- and, and fuel is added to fear in people's lives through carnality through the five physical sense realm. And I'm going I'm to prove that to you just in, just in this passage, this chapter here in these passages of Scripture. So let's read for a minute. So there is no condemnation, verse 1, I'm going to read it again, to those who are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit. Now, are you in Christ Jesus? Because you're born again. If you're born again, if Jesus lives in you, then you are in Christ Jesus. But there's a condition there about whether living and operating in Christ works for you or not. It depends on whether you're led by the Spirit or you're led by what you see, how you feel, and your five physical senses. So your senses aren't bad, you just can't be led by them. You have to learn to be led by the Spirit of God so that you get your senses in line and then they'll work for you. Actually, we want our senses to work for us. But we want, us to, we want our senses to work for us through how we hear and operate through the Spirit of God. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made you free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin. He condemned sin in the flesh that the the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh but according to the spirit. There's a lot said right there and we're not spending time in that. We're kind of moving on but there's a lot right there about what we're talking about tonight. For those who live according to the flesh, the carnal realm, they're moved by what they see, they feel, they taste, they touch, uh, set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, in other words, they set their mind on the things of the Spirit. So when I'm developing, David sought the Lord. He sought the Lord in such a way that Not only did he petition God for things, but he believed that God heard what his petitions were. And as a result of that, he was delivered of all fear. So does that mean that my me being on the receiving end of my petitions is controlled by whether I'm in fear or not? And I'm telling you tonight, that what what that means is whether I'm developing a life of living and walking in the Spirit and learning to know what that looks like and how to operate in that, if I'm developing that, then I'm positioning myself to be as David was, to not only believe that God, that that I can petition God, but that He's hearing me. And 
as I'm developing relationship with him, I realize I don't have to be afraid. My heart doesn't have to be troubled. I don't have to be turned upside down by situations and circumstances that come at me, and they're going to come at me, and they're going to get on me, right? But they don't have to get in me. And that comes from a day-to-day developing of my ability to hear the voice of God and then do what the Spirit of God tells me to do. It's vital that I learn that and live and operate in that because if I don't, then my mind stays on the carnal things and I continually am moved by what I see and how I feel. And the devil, the only credit that we give the devil is that he works overtime trying to convince you God can't do what he said he could do. He works overtime. And I'll just tell you this, if you just work part-time, he works overtime. But if you just work part-time at developing your walk in the Spirit of God, you're no match. I mean, he's no match. He's no match for you. If you just work part-time at it. That's how powerful it is. But listen, when you become a part-time Christian, you'll become a full-time. Amen. I'm talking about developing these ways. That's me. Because, man, the more you taste of it, how would you want anything else? Because the stuff out there, it doesn't produce. God does. But we have to develop it. I wish it wasn't that way. I wish it didn't take sometimes so long to get the carnal crudola out of our thinking, but it just takes a while. And there's no time period, it's just however long it takes. And I just know for myself, it depends on how much effort I want to put into developing my confidence that God, not only does he hear me, but as he hears me, he delivers me and positions me to be on the receiving end of all that I am heir to. Amen? The inheritance is there. He's given it to us. So that verse again. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and what? (laughs) Huh. And what does that mean? So if I'm spiritually minded, then I'm in life and peace. And if I'm operating in the peace of God, which is the peace of Jesus, then I am actively operating day to day in making sure that my heart is not troubled and that I will not be afraid. Is everybody in here tonight realize how important it is that you are not afraid of anything? I mean, lift your hand tonight if you believe that it's God's will for you to be afraid of nothing. Amen. To be afraid of absolutely nothing. And again, I won't do my dramatic acts to these guys, but you get the point, right? Fear will come at you. I mean, when you can have the best day, and all of a sudden, man, you're just like... I mean, it's just awesome. 
God is good, it's all great, and all of a sudden, fear is just right in front of you. And what determines whether you have the ability to deal with that fear when it comes, not if it comes, when it comes, because it will come. You will have other days when fear is staring you in the face. What determines whether you have the ability to deal with it is if you are developing a life of the Spirit. Seeking after the things of the Spirit of God. And if you're developing those things, in those moments, you have something to draw from. Because you're listening down inside of you instead of trying to figure it out with your head. We're no good there. Absolutely no good. As I've told you before, one of the greatest revelations I've ever got is that I need help. Amen? I need help to deal with this life, to operate in this life. And I don't need anybody, just anybody's help. I need the help of the helper, the Holy Spirit. Can you say amen to that? And so do you. Whether you think you do or not, I'm telling you, you need it. <clears throat> so notice these next couple of statements. Um, So I'm going to read that again. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. And everything that we just talked about that went into that. Because the carnal mind, the carnal mind, the five physical sense realm mind that's focused on that is enmity against God. Now he didn't say you are, but he said the carnal mind is. So you don't have to read that like you're that way. But the carnal mind is. And if you give in to the carnal-minded thinking, then that's enmity towards God. That actually works against what God's trying to accomplish. And God can do nothing for you and I. He's told us that time and time again. He can do nothing for us when we choose to stay in that realm. In other words, there's no help. And there's no hope if that's what I choose. And yet, think of all the promises that I've just given you from his word. David sought the Lord, and the Lord delivered him of all fear because David sought the Lord. Right? He said, I've given you my peace. So you don't let your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. So he's telling us that we have, we have what it takes inside of us to resist those things in his name, as we sang tonight, his power, his Holy Spirit, his authority, and when we use that against the enemy, it's no match. And I'm just telling you right now, if you're just part-time that, you've got more than you need to handle that. I'm not encouraging be part-time. I mean, step into full-time, but take where you're at and give God five minutes of time and watch what will happen because of the authority that is there. He created us to stop this mess from coming against us. That's right. And when I've got that testimony that it's not working against me, then I can share that with you. What I'm 
teaching you in these weeks and months that we've been talking about this right here. I'm telling you, this works in my life. I didn't say perfectly. I didn't say fear didn't come here. I didn't say that every single time I draw from the Word and work the Word and it works perfectly every single No, I didn't say that. I just said... I believe in it. I'm doing it. I'm overcoming. Fear has no place in me. God's delivered me of all fear. I will not tolerate any fear. I'm not giving into it. But I promise you, I'm challenged on a day-to-day, sometimes minute-to-minute basis. Well, Pastor, we don't know if we want to do that or not. Well, then go ahead and be afraid without his power. And you will be afraid. And you will tolerate all kinds of things and you will live in survival mode the rest of your life without his power and the confidence that he hears you and that you're confident that what you're doing is what he wants you to do the way you're doing it. When you know that, there's nothing that won't work. Nothing. Nothing from God's word, but I have to believe it. That's what takes the time. That's why his mercy and grace are so full for us. I mean, if we're, if we're going to take an account of who should be qualified to do this or who doesn't, we'd all have the X. <laughs> There's not one worthy. Everybody smile and laugh. There's not one of us worthy of this stuff. But him alone. But what he's a rewarder of are those who seek after him and develop that life of faith and confidence. I said this to you many, many times over the last several months. Trust the God that's in you. Trust the God that's in you. Trust him inside. Not trying to trust God when things look good. Okay, yeah, God did that. Well, it doesn't mean God didn't, you know, that something didn't manifest. But God's not up there like, like, like a puppet master up there just dictating and trying and, you know, oh, gosh, I missed that. No, no, he's already set it all up. The planet's already in his operation, his whole. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. It's his. And if we choose to operate in his kingdom principles, then everything that his word says will work. It's not trying to get him to do something. He's already done it all. It's you and I learning and attempting to line up with what he wants for us and do it his way and watch it happen. And that means we have to do it without fear. And that means to do it without fear is that we can't be, carnal, we can't be people led by our carnal minds. We have to be people learning and developing how to be led by the Spirit of God and using the five physical senses that we have to navigate in this world through the Spirit of God the things that we need to do. Was Jesus tempted after, uh, after he, was, he was baptized and then he was tempted in the wilderness, tested in the wilderness for 40 days, or he went without eating for 40 days. Then he comes and there's these different tests that the enemy brought. Were those real tests? Yes. Yeah. He was, the, the man was hungry, right? And he was offered food to bow his knee and to trust in food. And he said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. Those were real tests and real temptations. And I promise you, his five physical senses were challenged. Take the breath.
red. Hmm? I mean, the enemy came out. Take the bread. You're hungry. Eat. Man shall not live by bread alone. Man, the word came out of him. Why? Because he had spent 30 years preparing for three years of ministry. And he did exactly what the father told him to do. And you know why he did that? It wasn't to go around and, you know, go from town to town and set up a, you know, a crusade in the Colosseums and flex his muscles and tell everybody how great he was and he's the son of God and all this kind of stuff and I'm it and you need to worship me. No. He came here to prove that a human being could do it. That's right. <laughs> and if he could do it, then we can do it because he said we could do it because he did it. <laughs> right? And, and he gave us what it took for him to do it. And he said, I'm not giving you peace like the world. Well, do that if, it, you, know, if, you, get, if you get three crocodiles go before your path and this thing happened and, and if that crocodile doesn't eat you, then that means it was God. Okay. I mean, but those fleeces, they're just ungodly. Fleeces in this day and time are just ungodly. I'm not saying that there's not times that God may say, you know, I want you to do this and watch for this, and he may speak to you in something that relates to you, but not fleeces. New Testament fleeces are ungodly. We're led by the Spirit of God. That's what has to be developed. And the more we understand that, and the more we're developing that, then we can handle anything that comes. He, could, he handled it, so we could. He did it so we could do it. And the things I'm talking to you about right now are just the result of what these next few verses say. <clears throat> so then, so then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. But you're not in the flesh, but you're in the spirit. Watch this. If indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. So back that up. Let's read that again. This, this is what I want you to get. If we don't get any farther than these next few verses, then that's good. But I want to make this point. So watch this. Back up just a little. But you're not in the flesh. No, let's see. Back up. Uh, so then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Oh, man, I did a fleshly thing yesterday. I can't please God. Oh, I did that thing. I acted like that. Well, I know, you know, I know Joey's not that way, but I know I am. And I did that yesterday. And see, that's the enemy, getting you to compete in your mind with how good everybody seems to be. That's not what he's saying. And if you've thought that, that's not what he's saying. This is what he's saying. Then he's going to give a little bit more explanation after I read this one, okay? Yeah, there's always conditions to it, but it's spiritual conditions. It's not conditions like the world talks about. So he said, so then those who are of the flesh cannot please God, but you're not, that's not you. Say, that's not me. Say, I'm pleasing to God. You know, God, God loves you. I don't care what you've done, God loves you. So he said, but you're not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if you're born again. Huh? If you're born again, then you're in the Spirit. 
You're not in the flesh. Okay? Well, I wish he stopped right there, but he didn't. That's a good statement. Okay? Now, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, then he's not his. He's not born again. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. That's how God views this, these these statements that I'm making right here. That's how God sees it. But the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead, he dwells in you. He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal body through his Spirit who, who dwells in you. Watch this. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh, not to carnality. We're not in debt to carnality. This is where this, co- this competitive thing comes in. He said, we're, we're not debtors, we're not, we are debtors not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, then you'll die. And that word die is not just ceasing to exist, it, it's talking about being destroyed in this life. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, then you'll live. If by the Spirit, so, so I'm not that carnal guy. Some people make this statement, and if you've made this statement and you think this, okay, you can think it. I don't think this. I am not an old sinner from the past, just kind of barely saved by the grace of God. I am who he says I am. I am the righteousness of God in Christ, and I have been saved by the grace of God. But for the grace of God, I'm nothing. But I'm not an old hag and God constantly reminding me of all the uh, ugly things that I've done back here, all this old crud that I did back over in this life here. Well, if you hadn't done that, then this wouldn't have, then you'd have been a better Christian or you could have overcome things. But it's all that stuff. That's the devil. That is not God. He doesn't speak that way. But if by the Spirit, if by the Spirit I put to death the deeds of the flesh, the carnality, in other words, if by the Spirit I do not let my heart be troubled when fear comes, I don't let fear hang around when it tries to get on me because of the situation, then I'll live in the life of God. Day to day, week to week, month to month, year to year for the rest of my life. That's the way it works. I'll just tell you right here, right, right now, I'll answer. I was going to ask this question, but I'm just going to answer it. You're not going anywhere. you got all kinds of time to develop this relationship with God. Yeah, Yeah, but you know, if something bad can... No, no, no. If something bad happens to you, if that's what you're thinking, you'll just go face-to-face with God. So we're not going anywhere. Eternity is right now, and eternity is after we leave here, but eternity is right now. So let's just live eternal now. Let's develop faith. Let's develop a trust and confidence in God and give fear no place. He said right here, if by the Spirit you're putting to, de- to death 
the five physical sense realm, in other words, you're bringing them under submission to the things of the Spirit so that you can operate in those through the eyes of the Spirit of God. If you're doing that, then you'll live victoriously every single day of your life. Even when fear comes, even when difficult times come, it's not the difficult times that teach people and train people. It's God in the midst of those times. So when things are going well and you have a relationship with God and you're developing a relationship with God, when things appear not to be so good, sometimes we go in, in, through transitions in life and things that we're walking through, sometimes it appears like it's not good. God's always good. Yeah. And he'll teach you things in the midst of stuff that you're going through that you would never learn anywhere else. Amen. But it's not the thing you went through that taught you. It was God in the midst of it. Don't ever forget that. Write that down. Write it on your wall. It's God always is the teacher. He's always the one leading us and guiding us and teaching us things in our lives. Can you say amen to that? <clears throat> couple more verses and I'll just have to stop. And actually, what I'm going to do is Just listen to this. <clears throat> we'll, we'll look at this again next week, but um, I'm going to read Romans um, th this, in this chapter, uh, Romans 8, verse, from verse 31 to 39. I'm going to just read this in the Message Bible. <clears throat> so think of this tonight. I, I kind of leave you with this tonight. So what do you think? This is verse 31 of the message in the message translation. So what do you think? With God on our side like this, how can we lose? <laughs> if God didn't hesitate to put everything on the line for us, which he did, in other words, through Jesus. If he didn't hesitate to put everything on the line for us, embracing our condition and exposing himself to the worst by sending his own son, is there anything else he wouldn't gladly and freely do for us? And who would dare tangle with God by messing with one of God's chosen? Who's that? That's you. That's me. Amen? We're his, he chose us. Everybody say, I'm God's chosen. John 17 says that, G, that God loves you as much as he does Jesus. Wow. Hmm? He chose you. You're his chosen. Who would dare even point a finger? <laughs> and, I mean, those fingers get... When that fear. The one who died for us, who is raised to life for us, is in the presence of God at this very moment, sticking up for us. Do you think anyone? is going to be able to drive a wedge between us and Christ's love for us? And there's only one person that can answer that for you. 
and that's you. Everything he's done, can anything or anybody drive a wedge between me and God's love for me? I can only answer that. The answer to that question in Scripture, there is no way. No trouble, not hard times, not hatred, not hunger, not homelessness, not bullying threats, not backstabbing, not even the worst sins listed in Scripture. And listen, everything I just mentioned right there, the root of all those things is fear. Fear is the fuel that keeps those things working and running by getting people to believe that those things are bigger than God's love for them and his promises in their life. They kill us in cold blood because they hate you. We're sitting, we're sitting ducks. They pick us off one by one. None of this phases us because Jesus loves us. I'm absolutely convinced, Paul's saying this in his letter to the, to the Romans, and he's saying it in his letter to the Curvillians, to the Gates of Sidians. I'm absolutely convinced. He's telling you right now. He's telling each and every one of us tonight. I'm absolutely convinced that nothing, nothing living or dead, angelic or demonic, today or tomorrow, high or low, thinkable or unthinkable, absolutely nothing can get between us and God's love because of the way that Jesus, our master, has embraced us. Man, you know, you just need to take a minute and just hug yourself. It's good when other people hug you, but just hug yourself for a minute. Just take a minute. Just put, you don't have to go all the way around, but, you know, get as much as you can around yourself. Man, God, Jesus has embraced us. He's embraced us. He loves us. None of that can get the best of us. And we live in a world, it's trying all the time to convince you that what you see how it looks like, how the government is, how this thing is, you know, what the Democrats are doing, what the Republicans are doing, what this group is doing, what that group is doing, what these people, like it's all bigger than God, and none of it is because of what Jesus did in embracing. He's in the garden. God, if there be any other way, let this cup pass from me, but not my will, but yours be done. And I tell you, in the movie, The Passion of the Christ, when he gets up off the ground and he sticks his foot right on that snake's neck and, I mean, just tears it up, right then is where our victory started because of his choice, not his will. And you know what he empowered us to do? Not to do what I want to do, but to do what he wants me to do. And that's why you have to have the Spirit of God. And, and when we, I'm probably going to do another message on fear, but when we get into the Spirit series... That's where we're going with it. I mean, we're, folks, we're, we're, we're in a win-win. Huh? You can right. never lose for winning day to day in Christ Jesus because of what he accomplished.